What is up, everybody? Welcome in to From the Nosebleeds, episode 135. Vince and Ty coming at you from the studio here. And uh, it's just us. Seamus and Pat, they uh, they bailed on me. Now, they, they had uh, some reasons to not be here. But uh, funny enough, this is only the second time we've done a quote-unquote, I'll say quote-unquote solo because uh, the fr- I have Ty here with me. And the first time that ever happened, it was just me also, me and Taylor. So this is the second time that I have... Came to carry the weight for the boys. It's about man. You bet. I talk your shit. Yeah, All like right. I said before we started. I guess I'm the only one with the balls. There, there come, you go. Come and face the people alone. There you go. Talk, but, uh, talk your shit. You anyway, only one here. Exactly. So I'm I'm here. I'm I'm here to uh, guide you guys through two weeks of the NFL so far because uh, we haven't been back since then uh, due to some circumstances. But I am here and I'm going to talk about the fucking birds because. I have been itching to get in front of a mic and talk about the Eagles. Funny enough, the funniest transition possible, the first thing we're going to talk about to get it out of the way, since Seamus isn't here, is the Phillies. <laughs> um, there, again, since Seamus isn't here, I'm not going too deep into this. Uh, it's kind of the same as it's been. Don't really know what to make of them. One day they look good, one day they look awful. I mean, aside from the other day, they played the Braves mostly close, but like... It's even today, like they won today, but you're watching the game, they're up 4 1. They blow it in horrible fashion. And I don't they, trust Aaron Nola. No, man, he's not. I, I don't trust a lot of our pitchers. Michael Lorenzen, since that no hitter, he cannot even be in the rotation. Nola, just you know, he's going to come up short in a big spot. Ranger Suarez, people are like, oh, he's got the ice in his veins for the big moment, but he's looked inconsistent. And even Wheeler gets beat up from time to time, and he's, you know, the ace around here. So pitching is a worry. And then even the, the bullpen is a huge worry. The bullpen doesn't look great. I mean, it's spotty. Craig Campbell damn near blew the game. Exactly. I mean, had it not been for that uh, great throw by Costi, the Phillies very well may have lost that game. Which, Incredible throw. Yeah, amazing play by him. I just can't believe they blew that lead. Like, shit like that can't happen in the playoffs because we're talking about, you know, you do play the Braves close if you're the Phillies, but you don't want to give a great team like that chances to get back in games. Like, you have to, whether it be with pitching or hitting, you have to kind of put your foot on their throat. And the offense is another thing. I I, I said the last time we were here, kind of like, not hypocritically, but I said the offense was my, one of my biggest worries because they're going to be relied on to do so much. And like I said then, they just have these moments where one game they'll score 15 runs, and the next game they're up against a team's third pitcher who ain't even good, and they get like, two hits it's just too volatile so i don't want to say i don't like i think they're going to win the wild card uh round i do believe they'll beat like the cubs or whoever it is it's just going to be interesting when the phillies like face those better teams like potentially the braves that would be a very interesting series and i know you mentioned aaron nola at the top of this segment and i can close my eyes and picture it now just aaron nola getting beat up by this braves lineup in a playoff game like i just i can see it i can't stand nola like I, I, if I can't trust you as a pitcher, yeah, and then on top of that, like your demands this past off season, you know, wanting to get unrealistic, wanting to be paid like one of the top aces, he's not in the it, game, right? I, I remember not that long ago in this podcast, we were, and you know, in the city there was a debate of is the the debate of is Aaron Nola an ace or not? I don't even think that's a question at this point. No, like I never really bought into him being an ace because. I don't think being the best, and for a time he was the best pitcher on the team, you know, before Wheeler, but being the best pitcher on a team doesn't make you an ace. Like, you can be the team's best pitcher and not be an ace. Like, ace is a hard club to get into, you know? You're talking guys like DeGrom and Cole and Verlander. Like, Aaron Nola being the Phillies' best pitcher doesn't put him in that tier. And now he's a long way away from it. Like, who at this point, is Zach Wheeler even an ace? That's a conversation to be had i think zach wheeler is still an ace he's the close he's i i think that it's fair to say he's still an ace it's just he scares me sometimes he, he gets a little beat up like early in games i think that's any typical pitcher yeah. like they're they're gonna have bad games right i, I do a faith zach wheeler by far i have the most faith in because then you have Taiwan walker who gets beat up early in games all the time and it's like the phillies just have this addiction to the only time they want to win is like either the phillies will either win one of two ways they will blow you out or they will go down and then come back and win in the ninth. It's it's kind of annoying how they never can just like win a normal game, but whatever. It it, it irritates my soul because sometimes like if if you score five six runs, I should be able to kick my feet up, do right. do other shit around the house, and just relax. But instead, you want to give up two three runs, and now I got to sit on yeah. the edge of my seat again. And and then the bullpen comes in and blows it, like you said. I, I think the biggest thing that can that needs to be fixed, like 
off the top is the runners left on base. I think th- if there's anything that's going to come back to bite them in the ass in the playoffs, it's going to be that. They they entirely leave too many runners on the base all the time in big spots. Like spots where they should score three runs, they walk away with one. And it's like, in the again, in the playoffs, everything kind of comes down to a ra- razor-thin, sharp margin. Like, you can't, you can't leave four guys stranded in you know in two innings or whatever. Like you got to bring home more. You can't walk away with bases loaded and get one run in there or, or none. Sometimes it's not for the Phillies. It's none. They're addicted to hitting in the double plays and just bad timing. But uh, I will say, Bryson Stott with an incredible uh, hit to put the Phillies up in extras today. That was he is just he is so good. Thankfully, yeah. somebody, somebody. Yeah, thankfully. And also, my last take on the Phillies would be. Bryce Harper's good play at first just reinforces more that we don't need to bring Reese Hoskins back. Oh, I just I don't see the need. Uh, Bryce, you keep you keep uh, Kyle out of the field, put him in, put him at DH, uh, keep Nick where he's at, and Bryce is a good. He's showing that he's a good first baseman. Reese Hoskins is a defensive liability on the field, so I don't know how anyone would justify wanting him on the field over Bryce when Bryce is clearly better at that, and then that means you if you wanted to put Reese at DH it's like well what does Kyle do because Kyle is a fucking awful uh, left fielder so I just don't see the need to bring Reese Hoskins back at this point and I know that half this fan base is rabid for him but I can we get uh Marsh off the field too I mean like he's, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sour he's got his moments you know I wouldn't mind seeing like a pa- Pache Christian Pache and uh Rojas outfield that's, that's who I that want. would be a solid outfield uh, throw Marsh in there, but uh, I mean, there's some options defensively for sure. But yeah, it just kind of reinforced to me that I don't think we need Reese Hoskins back. And as much as it would hurt some people to see Reese and Nola go in the same offseason, we've got a new batch of homemade Phillies here, you know, with Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's really all I got for the Phillies. You know, Seamus in here to go on a 30 minute rant that no one cares about because it's fucking football season uh so speaking of football season uh we missed we missed a week so uh i'm gonna go back in time for a moment to talk just very briefly because i want to focus on the week that just passed but the patriots game uh thoughts on it were that it was ugly it was sloppy they were clearly shaking the rust off Uh, they opened up looking great well the defense opened up looking great. There the offense go. was shaky from the beginning, and it was kind of being masked by the defense putting up points. Uh, second half, it was a little shocking, a little scary. Thank God Mac Jones is not that great of a quarterback, or else they could have very well lost that game. Uh, I mean, receivers don't know how to keep two toes inside exactly. the line. So that game, I mean, was I a little disappointed? A little bit, They, but they won. It was shitty conditions, and they were shaking the rust off. You know, Nick Sirianni came out after that game, and he was like, basically questioning if he should start having guys play in the preseason. I don't think I'm there yet. I, yeah, I'm there. You're that you're you're there? I'm you think there. They should play? I de- most definitely be in with How what much we do you saw, think they should play? What at least I'm not saying an entire game. No, but right. I, for I sure. am saying a series or two through at least that. one or two games. I can get like that's that. all I'm asking for. Yeah. Because as we saw against the Patriots on offense, chemistry was just off. Yeah. It it I feel like against that, a better team that could that could have bit them. Right. That first series on offense was pretty much, you know, that was scripted. Yeah. So those scripted plays you go over and practice all the time. Right. It's when you finally get into the game and the defense starts making adjustments against you. That's right. where chemistry can come into play. And because there was no chemistry, we saw what we saw against the Patriots. Yeah, right. No, for sure. Okay, I definitely agree with you. I feel like they could they could mix them in for at least a series, you know, just to shake some rust off when you get – and I think so far, and this kind of uh, ties into week two, the, the question of the coaching has come up, and not as much Nick Sirianni, but, you know, Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, the play calling has been – been weird to say the least and to tie in week one and two it really made me wonder because deandre swift you know starts week two uh gainwell goes down with an injury he doesn't play and swift gets a start and he has the most rushing yards since uh lashawn mccoy for an eagles running back he goes for like 172 yards or something and a touchdown yeah 175 and a touchdown the week before in shitty conditions he had one carry like what was the what was the the play call like? What were they seeing the coaches that they didn't give Swift anything? And then like the next week he goes for one seventy five. It's like well clearly the talent is there. Not that any of us didn't know that. It's always been an injury thing with Swift. But like, 
Why is he only getting one carry against the Patriots in bad conditions? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to scratch my head on that, too. Because Kenny Gainwell, and they went into the game and probably into the year thinking that Kenny Gainwell was going to be their running back one. And I'm sitting here Which going, shocks me. He doesn't have the talent right. to be a, a, your running back one. DeAndre Swift is far more talented than Ken, Ken, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. And like that's not a hot take. The whole Like I just said, the whole thing with Swift has always been his injuries hold him back. But his, until he gets injured, ride him. I mean, he is the he is the the back in this field. I mean, Boston Scott comes in for a couple carries here and there. Rashad Penny has like gotten no use, which whatever. I'm not really missing out on anything exactly. I know he's always been a little. He's another one injury prone. But I just didn't understand what the coaching staff was doing, only giving him one carry week one. I almost feel like they're trying to put the offense completely in Jalen Hurts' hands, and I'm yeah. like, that's not what the offense was last year. Yeah, you really should be just following the pattern that Shane Steichen left you, Brian it, Johnson. It makes no sense to me because, and this is going into week two as well. It really looks like they're leaning more into Jalen Hurts running, and it's like I thought like we wanted to get away from that. Like, and I'm talking about designed runs. I feel like they were desi- designing him a lot of runs in, in between weeks one and two. And it's like you're gonna get the guy hurt. Like him running when the play breaks down or he doesn't see anything is one That's thing. Right. But there's no reason that like you should be drawing up this many designed runs for your quarterback. There's also no reason why on third and five, as an offensive coordinator with about five minutes left in the fourth quarter, you decide to run out of the empty back set, yeah. a quarterback draw, which your quarterback gets blasted, blasted and fumbles the ball. That play calling, the the, the screens on third and whatever's, like a lot of the play calling has been absolutely like weird and i feel like jalen hurts has been taking the hit for a lot of this like people you see like uh articles like jalen hurts hasn't been what we expected and espn which by the way fuck espn for being like they put out the graphic about jalen hurts having two turnovers in his last two games but like you don't see them talking that much shit about josh allen who turns the ball over like it's his job what do you have like three interceptions against the jets you don't see espn posting graphics about how joe burrow has sucked but they, they jump on hurts but I, I don't get how you could be a fan and watch those games and blame it on Hurts. It's clearly the play calling has been weird. Now, the second half of that Vikings game, the offense opened up a little bit, and he looked way better because the offense has opened up. He's not being limited to the shitty calls that they were giving him in the first two weeks. Now, I mean, week one, maybe you're limited by the weather, so I'll give them a break on that. But the first half of the Vikings game, it was like, what the fuck are these play calls? And like... Maybe I'm just boot looking for my quarterback, but I don't think that that was his fault at all. No. And once the playbook opened up, he looked better. No, I don't put that on Jalen Hurts. I I don't. Like, once again, this goes back to chemistry, not just with players with the the other players, but now it's a communication issue now with the quarterback and and the new play caller here in Brian Johnson. Like, there's still chemistry that needs to be had between the two. Exactly. And we're still working out those kinks. Right. Uh, we're talking about a team that came out rusty and they're trying to gel with a new offensive coordinator, which is why I'm not going to be like, oh, fire Brian John. Like, let's give it some time. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not at that point. No, yet. I will say there was some dumbass play calling. Absolutely. And and you hope that it's a, a live and learn type thing and that as the season goes on, like, you know, he made adjustments in that second half where the offense looked better. So you just have to hope that he can keep building off of that. And not like running dumbass draws, like you said, late in the fourth quarter on third down. Uh, so we'll see with Brian Johnson. You know, that's something to keep an eye on, but I wouldn't press the panic button yet. The team is 2 0, and it's funny because we're 2 0 in the fashion that works out for Philadelphia because we're 2 0, but we still have things we get to bitch about. So. That that works out great, but yeah, uh, last year was was miserable because like the team was perfect and you still couldn't find anything to bitch about. Exactly, like, what the hell do I talk about? So at least now we can win and still complain, or at least some of the fan base can complain. But uh, also on offense, uh, there was a big conversation about AJ Brown being frustrated on the sideline, and people were kind of overreacting to that. I thought calling him a diva and saying this and that, and a video comes out after the game where uh, he makes some hand gestures basically to be like, that was on me. And even Devonte Smith, who, by the way, you know, for as young as he is, you could tell like Alabama really like, like, cause him and Jalen, they're both so mature for their age. You know, Devonte uh, in the locker room basically says, you know, he's not trashing anybody. He just wants to be a part. He wants to contribute. He wants to help this team. And that's not him being a diva. That's not him doing this or that. That's just him being a competitor. And I completely agree with that. And I'm, I'm glad Devontae is so mature for his age and like such a, you know, he deserves that captaincy he's got on him. So I'm telling you, people need to, people need to love the fact that AJ Brown is like that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of players 
who have the talent, but they shy away from the big moments. AJ Brown doesn't give a damn. No. When that moment is. All he knows is he wants to create that moment. Right. He wants the ball in his hands. That's what you want. And look, at the end of the day, people need to understand that this offense has so many damn playmakers, but there's only one ball to go around. Exactly. You got your quarterback who's a playmaker. You got now we've discovered we had a talented running back that yep. we should have been discovered. Right. We have two, really two wide receiver yeah. ones. We have an all pro tight end. Like yeah. there the ball can only go to one person. Exactly. And like Dallas Goddard was saying in an interview, he was he was saying, look, sometimes it's different weeks and it's different people for different weeks. Sometimes it's exactly. going to be my week. Sometimes it's going to be AJ's week. Sometimes it's going to be Devontae's week. The ball goes around to who's open and how the defense plays. That's that's why that's why this offense was so great last year. Exactly. The ball went where it was supposed to go to the playmaker that was open. Period. People we need to we need to be appreciative of this fact. Because I don't know how long we can yeah. keep all these offensive weapons on our side. And I feel like people are just so quick to throw that diva tag on like it's wide stupid. receivers when like A.J. Brown does not deserve that in the least bit. No. He's not going to the media to... Or even like leaking things to the media to, to shade about like, oh, I'm not getting the, ca- the, the targets I want. Like, no. He's just frustrated on the sideline because... In the mind of a competitor, I would imagine, he's thinking, like, I just want to help the team win. He's not thinking, like, oh, fucking Devontae taking all my targets. No, he's thinking, like, I want to be involved because I want I want to help this team win the game. He's not going into the, into the press and being like, oh, I think I deserve more targets than Devontae Smith. No one's doing that. And you could tell, by the way, you know, Devontae is backing him up like this, that he knows that his intentions are good. And he even took, like I said, he took uh, credit, or not credit, took the blame for it after the game. So I really think this is like a nothing burger. Like, people are just overreacting and looking for something to talk about. I will say, I don't like the fact, going back to play calling real quick, I don't yeah. like the fact that Brian Johnson, the minute he saw A.J. Brown bitching him on, and on the sidelines, decided to target and call plays for A.J. Brown. Yeah, you can't let that dictate like, it. In, in my mind, I'm like, well, first off, you should have already had plays being called for right. A.J. Brown in the first place. That's your first fault. And if that's not the game plan, then you shouldn't change the game plan exactly. for the player. Exactly. And then secondly, now it looks like you're trying to force feed him. Third, now it it, it doesn't set a good precedent that a player can complain yeah. And all of a sudden, you're going to shift the entire like yeah exactly plan like a uh, plan. It, it it I don't like that. That's yeah, that's not a good precedent. It to opens set. you up to some other things down the line, and you just don't want any of that drama. So hopefully he gets that fixed. But you did mention uh, the the Eagles having two wide receiver ones, and I just wanted to, like talk for a minute because we talked about the maturity of Devontae Smith off the field, but. Devontae Smith on the field, man, is fucking just incredible. It's amazing. And listen, I am the proud owner of him in, in uh, my Dynasty oh, Fantasy League. Man. So I'll have him for years to come. Very happy about that. But, like, it's just a blessing that, like, we were able to end up with him. Like, I, I'll never forget, you know, when we were back at our old studio doing this podcast, uh, they hosted a draft party that year, and I wore my Alabama Devontae Smith jersey, and I was like, I, I want, I hope they'd get him. I want him. And it ended up working out, and now we're blessed with two wide receiver ones. And just to real quick, one of my favorite things to recall about that draft was when we jumped the Giants, who wanted him. The Giants then went on the draft, Kadarius Tony, who they talked themselves into on social media by saying that he was just as good, if not better, than Devontae Smith. And through two weeks, Kadarius Tony has been one of the absolute laughing stocks of the NFL. I was at WIP during that draft, and yeah. when I say Giants fans were going absolute nuts, because I'm tracking the social media and stuff like that. So I'm I'm getting the draft pick in way before it's even announced on TV. Yep. So I knew what was happening. And I'm looking out like, oh, shit, Giants fans are going to be pissed about this. <laughs> and the minute it dropped, you see all these videos coming out. You see the one guy, like, smashing his TV. Crying. Throwing, oh, my gosh, it was beautiful. And then to try to convince yourselves that Kadarius Tony was actually a player, he stinks. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Smith was the first wide receiver in a decade plus to win the Heisman. So, like, it was never a doubt. Kadarius Tony is is just bad. But yeah, I'm just happy to have Devontae Smith on this team. Him and AJ Brown, they're gonna just be wonderful as they were last year. But um to flip to flip to the defense real quick, um one of my top notes here is just Jalen Carter is a dog. A dog. And so is Jordan Davis, man. What improvement from him. But Jalen Carter, the rookie, uh, you know, he falls to nine where we pick him up and we're all 
rejoicing that he fell. And boy, has it turned out so far because he puts the motherfucking pressure on every time he's on the field, man. You know, it hasn't. He's getting sacks. He's getting pressures. He's he, that one play where he blew up the backfield on a on a run in the backfield. That was amazing. He is just. He's one of those guys that. When he's on the field, when you're watching the defense, you just lock onto him. Like I'm gonna watch Jalen Carter on this play, and you do that every play, and you're you're gonna be entertained every time. I tell people all the time, anyway, that y'all need to watch the offensive defensive line. But there's some good shit that goes on in those Wars scrimmages. I'm telling you. But oh my god, Jalen Carter. I don't do player comparisons. I because I I don't like hyping other players yeah. up, and I don't like setting certain expectations for players. But my god, if he don't look like Aaron freaking Donald. Oh my Dude, God, he, you cannot leave him one-on-one on a pass rush. You just can't. Because otherwise, he's going to wreak havoc. He's going to yeah. get into the backfield automatically. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you got in front of him. If you leave him one-on-one and you double, you, do, you decide to double-team Jordan Davis, he's going to fuck shit up. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's just, it's a blessing. And Fletcher Cox looks rejuvenated this season so far. I mean, he's looked great. And obviously, he's older, but it's just nice to know, like, the future of the D line like looks bright. You have Jalen Carter, you have Jordan Davis, you have Milton Williams, who I feel like is a little underrated. He stepped this, up. He's he's looking very good. You got Josh Sweat. Like this D line is still amazing. Obviously, Hassan Reddick is still there. You're just waiting on him to have one of those days where he goes for two sacks or some shit. Like it's it, it'll come. At it's some gonna point. come. He's a he's a beast. Uh, the defensive line is great, and that brings me to my next point, which is uh the rest of the defense. Oh uh, shit. The middle of the field seems like it's going to be a problem this offseason. Again. Uh, it was nice to have good linebacker play last year for most part. This year, it looks like it's come back to where we're used to. And with D-backs, we're looking at some injuries uh, running amok. I mean, I don't want to say this because I love the guy, but at this point, you go into every season almost penciling in a Avante Maddox injury. Pretty sadly, much. It sucks, man. He, he's a walking IL stint at this point, which sucks because when he is on the field, he is a great player. And he's one of our one of my favorite players in that defense, but he simply can't stay on the field. I mean, and I think that's the reason why ultimately we won't see him till next year. Yeah. But I think ultimately that's the reason why Howie Rosen went out and got Isaiah Rogers. Yeah. Not just for kick and punt returns, but the guy's also got some cover skills as well coming from the slot. Right. And, and like you said, it's unfortunate and he's talented, but you can't rely on Avante Maddox no more. No, you can't. It, it's the sad reality. You have to come to grips with that. He just might not be able to stay healthy ever. I mean, football is an unforgiving sport, man. It's not like it's not like he's going to catch any breaks as far as physicality goes. But uh, the rest of the defense, man, I, I I don't know what to really make of Sean Desai yet. Like, there hasn't – it's still, the jury's still out on both coordinators. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see how he schemes around that because you got to close out the middle of the field, man. you got to find a way. I'm just scared right now of what the game is going to look like when we play against the Chiefs. How many yards is Travis Kelsey going to go for against this piss-poor – middle of the field coverage not even just travis kelsey but like any tight end that we yeah, face at this pretty point. much i mean travis kelsey we already know that's i'm penciling that in yeah I, at the, i'm sorry I, I did draft uh travis kelsey in my in my fantasy and well, yeah he's gonna eat that you game. should have a good game good week that game i'm definitely starting him that game but like <laughs> any tight end that this eagles defense face is going to be a problem any yeah. slot receiver anybody that goes over the middle it, it, it's a problem, and it's it's something that I've argued about with Vince and John. It's something that I've argued about over the years. Linebackers are important for that reason. Yeah. The coverage in the middle of the field. Because if you don't have decent linebackers, this is what's going to happen. Linebackers are also important from, like, just like a, I think, a leadership aspect. Every, like, great defense I can think of, it's always been like a middle linebacker has been like the like uh Patrick Willis from the 49 I was I loved the 49ers back in the day when they had uh Willis and Kaepernick and all them but Patrick yep. Willis was a guy he was a leader Ray Lewis was a leader like L- Lawrence Taylor leader like linebackers are also the most dynamic position on the defense like they're everywhere they're covering they're they're blitzing they're stopping the run they're uh covering in the pass game like it's not you need them like it's a dying position in a way, but it's also such an important position still. And like, you need a guy that can be all over the field, and like the Eagles just don't have that guy. It's a dying position, but I think the I think teams around the NFL are trying to kill it faster, mm-hmm. and it's not fair because, like you said, especially that middle linebacker. That's the that's your quarterback of the defense. Exactly. That's the guy that he's other calling players, things out. Right. He's 
calling out uh, what looks like the cover, the play go- call. Excuse me, just stuff like that, like being the leader of the defense, the heart and soul of the defense. Like you want a guy like that. Now there are other you know exceptions. Like we had Malcolm Jenkins on the Super Bowl team. He was the leader of that defense clearly. But like as far as the play on the field, it's such an important position. And the Eagles, aside from like last year for a little bit, like they've never had the greatest linebackers. I mean. I guess during the Super Bowl run, Michael Kendricks and uh, Nigel Bradham yep. were like pretty solid. They were good, but that was the last like core ta- like yeah pair of linebackers that we had that were at least above average. Yeah, and since then it's been, and that's a problem. Exactly, that's a serious problem. That's a position that we just continue to overlook. And I mean, look, I guess we drafted Nicole Dean in the third round for a reason, but he's hurt too now, and yeah, like it sucks. It, it's we've got to work on lot. I wish how we. It's not going to happen. I really wish Howie would trade for a linebacker. Like, I truly yeah. do. I mean, like you said, unfortunately, it probably won't happen, but I, it's one of their biggest needs right now. I mean, it just it truly is. Uh, I'm trying to think of... I wanted to... Real quick, I know we're talking uh, defense. We didn't talk about the offensive line. I thought the offensive line was doing Jalen Hurts no favors, at least in week one. I mean, they looked fine in week two, but especially week one, he had no time to throw, ever. And that's why I didn't understand people criticizing Jalen. I was like, well, what do you exactly want him to do with a pocket that collapses in three seconds? I mean, the line did not look good. And once again, we go back to play calling, and that's Brian Johnson calling all these pass plays, and it's like you're you're letting the defense know, like, hey, we're going to pass every single time. Yeah. But that also tells – if because I, I used to play defensive and defensive tackle in high school. So if I'm seeing – if I'm going up against a team that's always passing – well, fuck it. I don't have to worry about the running back. I don't have right. to worry about you handing it off. I'm just going to come after the quarterback. And that's exactly what that Patriots defense did. You have to change it up. That's you have a good to. defense, too. Right, exactly. It, Bell Belichick's always had good defenses all throughout the years. You've got to run the ball to kind of offset and give your quarterback yeah. a break. Yeah, now, now that we have established that Swift is legitimately RB1 material, I, I want to see like a 95% drop in uh, designed runs for Jalen Hurts. Yes. Like, it, it just needs to stop. Because I will not have another uh, game like the Bears where he gets hurt because he's running too much. You need to rely on your running backs to run designed runs. And if Jalen doesn't see anything he likes or he decides there's a hole to take off, let him do that. But you need to limit those plays as much as you can, which is what I thought they wanted to do, but it hasn't looked like that this season. It's It's been a little weird. But... Uh, again, as far as the D-backs, you still have uh, Slay, and I know Bradbury missed the Minnesota game, but he'll most likely be back. Yeah, so he'll be back. Y- you have faith in those guys. They're two of the, two of the best in the league. And then the safeties has been kind of all over the place. You know, Reed Blankenship and uh, Brown. Like, it's 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 not terrible, but it could be better. And uh, that's really all I have to say about that. I'm just, and I hate to say this, but I'm waiting for those safeties to be exploited. Yeah, it's, like it, I, I have trust in Reed Blankenship, but it's who's ever playing on the other side of Reed Blankenship. Exa- yeah, exactly. I where agree. I kind of have some worries, and I'm just scared that it's one of these games where somebody's just going to blow those fucking safeties up. So listen, it would not surprise me at all if that happened. I mean, it's it's probably the second biggest hole in the team right now. I mean, the the linebackers and the other safety position, and then obviously like the slot corner or whatever is in question now, but. Overall, as far as the the season goes, we're two and zero. We we've done our y- yearly diligence of beating the Vikings, which you know it's great. We just own that team, yeah, which I much. love. I love being able to just own, have complete ownership over another team, especially how they came up in here disrespectful. Yeah, their the fans are such losers. I I can't stand them. They are the big outside of the NFC East. They're like one of my most hated fan bases. Them and like the Patriots cuz they're just the Patriots fans are spoiled. It's nice to see them eating humble pie ever since like they drafted Mac Jones, but you know, it is what it is. Uh to move around the league a little bit, you know, do some recap of the rest of the league. I guess we can start off uh in the division. So we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Oh shit. They have been off to obviously a hot start, but like who are, they who are they playing? Right. So it's kind of lovely because there was a graphic where it was like, uh, you know, the cycle of the season for the Cowboys. And right now we're <laughs> I in the, I think the first cycle was like beat up on bad teams. And the second uh, step was uh, get cocky about it. That's where they're at right now. And eventually the downfall will come, which is just how it works for the Cowboys. Uh, the first week they fucking beat the Giants 40 to nothing. 
that the funniest part about that too was not to talk about fantasy football, but I couldn't imagine if Dak Prescott was your fantasy quarterback and you aren't watching like his game. Imagine you're like, oh fuck, the Cowboys, they won forty nothing. My quarterback must have went off. And then you look and he had like seven fantasy points because <laughs> the defense and you know Tony Pollard is a legit good running back. I mean, listen, I'm not gonna be too biased. The Cowboys are good, obviously a good team. Do I have belief that they will fall off? Yeah, yeah, because like again, they're good, but they're getting a little too cocky beating the the Giants, who clearly stink. And yes, we'll talk about their comeback, but that's more about the Cardinals sucking. And then week two, they beat up on the Aaron Rodgersless Jets, which, by the way, we haven't been back since that happened. That was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen on a live sporting event. Like four plays in. Dude, like, okay, it's not funny, but, like, I I couldn't help but laugh because you're talking about this cursed franchise. Last year, amazing defense, looking like a good young team, a quarterback away. They go out and they get a Hall of Famer. All offseason, shit talking, teams talking shit, Rodgers talking shit, hard knocks, hyping them up. You know, he fucking comes out to play his opening game in New York on 9-11, runs out the fucking American flag with the spotlight on him. And then four plays in, his season ends. You, that is insane. That's insane. Cr- it's crazy. And it's a shame. Everybody, And it's funny because, like, a lot of people are blaming the offensive line for that. That was a freak accident. And I'm just like, and then some people are blaming Aaron Rodgers for it. I'm just like. Dude, you do realize that Achilles tears are just like yeah. they just happen. There, there's no there's nothing to blame there. I mean, he was gonna take hits at some point, even if he had a great O line. Like it, it was just a freak accident. And not that it, it was not funny, but I could not help but chuckle because I was like, it, it's just the sheer insanity of it was funny. Like the fact that that happened. But anyway, that's the Jets. They're cursed as usual. So Good luck uh, with Zach Wilson. Yeah, good luck with Zach Wilson. Unless you bring in Carson Wentz. Um <laughs> Yeah, then we'll, I laugh even harder. That would at be you. hilarious because I think he would be worse somehow. Do you want the bad quarterback that doesn't know the offense or the bad quarterback that at least knows the offense? You might as well stick with the one that knows it. But as far as the Cowboys go, I they're a good team, but they've beaten on they're beating up on nobody. And I just want to wait to see like what they really are when they play a good team. Like it's not like it's gonna start anytime soon. Next week they play the Cardinals. Then they play the Patriots, who I don't I don't know if I can say they're good or bad. Like they don't, the Cowboys don't play a good team until October eighth when they play the Niners. I will say that the Patriots at least will test the offense. Yeah, the Patriots are a they're a good like test team, like to see what you got because they're not bad, but they're not good either. Right. They fall somewhere in that weird middle. But the Cowboys, yeah, you guys look great through two weeks. Fucking pat yourselves in the back. Is this your Super Bowl? Like you've beaten the Giants and the Jets, congratulations! We'll we'll see what happens when you play the Niners in a couple weeks, which will be a very interesting game. Um, next, I want to talk about just because this one's recently the Bears. So the Bears, man, they open the season and they look terrible against the Packers. They get blown out, and then this week they come out and they lose to the Buccaneers, who have shockingly looked not that bad. Again, the Vikings kind of frauds bears clearly frauds but justin fields man this is the talk of the bears right now justin fields does not look like the guy um he is to me what everybody swears jalen hurts is he can't make reads he does not have the greatest arm and if he can't get his run game going he gets nothing going that's what people swear jalen hurts is when he's not he jalen hurts is jalen hurts can actually make the reads he evolved as a passer justin fields has shown no signs of progression there and listen you could say some of it's play calling for sure like they're doing them no favors you know that that very comical interception on that screen they ran that play three times in a row the same play the very same play three times in a row I don't know what fucking offensive coordinator in the league is doing that but like he's also just not doing himself any favors like I'm sure you saw that picture of that guy wide open in the end zone and ended up in a sack it's got to be disheartening for Bears fans, man, because it felt like you finally found the guy, and now you probably just did not, and it sucks. I think it mostly goes back to the difference, the big difference between the two players, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. It's the fact that Jalen Hurts has had people around him, coaches around him, coaching him up. Justin Fields, the coaches are basically like, they, they're giving him the Michael Vick treatment, and that yeah. is, fuck it, go out there and make a play. Like, 
Justin Fields can make a play, but at the same time, like you're not teaching him the basic fundamentals. Right. You're not teaching him how to read defenses. You're not teaching him how to look off linebackers and safeties. Yeah. You're basically sitting him out there and saying, Justin Fields, make a play. Fuck it. Like that's not that's not successful football. No. It's it's just not in the long term. And, and I, you're and in in the long run, you're gonna kill this kid. Exactly. And I really just think it's evident that he has not shown signs of progression as a passer. Uh, like I've said it like three times now, but his lack of ability to read a defense is shocking. And it sucks because I, I believed in the kid. Uh, he helped carry me to a fantasy championship last year. I cannot third time bringing up fantasy football, but I, I, I like Justin Fields. Like I don't have a favorite college team, so I kind of just move around the league and see who's good and everything. It just So I followed him a lot in college because, you know, Ohio State's a top program. And I, he, this kid was electric. I, I was excited when he got drafted. And it just doesn't seem like he is making the progression. And then you have now uh, in the media, he's, you know, listen, maybe it's warranted, but you never do this kind of, you know, maybe blaming coaching a little bit for his struggle so far. He said in an interview, like a post-game interview, uh, you know, it might be the coaching might be the reason why he's playing the way he is. And listen, he went and took it back and said, I take the blame. It's on me. I didn't mean it that way. And, you know, maybe he truly didn't. But the odds are is that he regretted. He said something he regretted. And that's just not the greatest sign that you have your quarter, very young quarterback throwing the coach. Even if it is the coaching, you don't do that no. in, in the press. You just don't. No, you keep those things internal. And, exactly. and it's like you said, it it definitely is a telltale sign about what's going on in that Bears organization. The fact your franchise well, quarterback outwardly yeah, went I, out there and said something. Have you been following today what's been going on with the defensive coordinator? Oh shit! What's uh, going on? Allen Williams resigned from the team today. The defensive coordinator of the Bears, no. and there's rumors like go swirling from some reputable sources that like the FBI raided his home today, and that something very shocking was found on his hard drives. According to Albert Breer, the Chicago Bears coaching staff is stunned by the news of Allen Williams, and one of the coaches told him the situation is quote fucking crazy. And here's another one from. This is a page at NFL Rumors that has almost 300,000 followers, so I don't know how reputable it is, but it says Chicago Bears, uh, former Chicago Bear Charles Peanut Tillman, who is currently an agent in the FBI, which is a crazy thing, informed Chicago's upper management, including head coach Matt Eberfulus, GM Ryan Poles, and President Kevin Warren about Allen Williams' house being raided. Yeah, so... I don't know what they like. I'm waiting for official like things to come out about this, but I have no idea what the fuck is going on in that organization right now. I don't know what's more shocking: the fact that their defensive coordinator is being investigated by the FBI, or the fact that Charles Tillman is a goddamn yeah, FBI right. agent. <laughs> that, that that's crazy. If, if, if all this is true, like I, I need to see because they've been all of the like real sources like Rappaport and Schefter. They have not really said much about this yet. No one has given any reason why he stepped down, but these rumors have started to circulate from some sources that are somewhat reputable. So that's going to be interesting to watch, but that Bears franchise is a fucking dumpster fire. And it's a shame considering the history that they had, you know, historical, you know, strong defenses. Yeah. And it, it really is a shame, and I feel bad for Chicago fans. I oh really my God. do. They're a, passionate, they're, they're a passionate sports city. They deserve better than that. Yes. But that is just, that is crazy. Uh, anyway, to move on from that, next game we'll talk about, I mean, just little things from like, We'll touch on little things from every game. The Raiders, Bills, not much to talk about. Nah. Uh, the My anti-Josh Allen agenda hit a peak week one against the Jets because he looked bad. And I honestly, I don't know, man. There's some things about him that make me think that he is just not in that elite tier of quarterback. He looks great. When, he, when Josh Allen looks great, he looks like the best quarterback on the planet not named Patrick Mahomes. But when he looks bad... He's like one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. He makes some astonishingly bad decisions. I'm telling you. Uh, so I made this, uh, I, I said this statement on Bell and the Bird, man. I said that Josh Allen is Carson Wentz, essentially. Because that's, that's exactly what he, he is. He is like Carson Wentz plus. The talent that he has, the arm strength that he has can make any throw. But just make some just outrageous Dumbass decisions he, with the ball. He turns the ball over so much. It's, it's Listen, I'm not going to say he's never going to win a Super Bowl or anything, but it's one of the reasons why I think that there's a good chance he never does because in big moments, like, he turns the ball over a lot. Like, do people, do people already forget that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills were this close to losing a playoff game at home to a team that the starting quarterback was Skylar Thompson? 
I mean, it almost happened, guys. And then they went on to lose a home playoff game to the Bengals, which, you know, they're a better team. But they almost lost to Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins. Uh, Josh Allen is just shaky. He's still in, like, that second tier of quarterback, I think. I think Mahomes is on a level of his own at this point. But, like, the whole reason this Josh Allen, like, anti-Josh Allen thing for me even started was because I thought it was absurd. People were saying he was just as good or better than Mahomes. And I'm not, like, some Mahomes stan, but I was like, what are you guys saying that I'm not? But I don't want to waste too much time on it. The Raiders don't look so good too far. I mean, they look... They look mid, which is what I expect them to be. Jimmy Garoppolo is their quarterback, you know, my my Italian brother. But he's not exactly going to set the world on fire. I might want to disown him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I might have to. I'm sure he's having plenty of time, you know, fucking strippers and porn stars in Vegas. There you go. Porn star Jimmy, good for him. The, that team is just, they're kind of irrelevant right now. They're boring. There's not much to talk about with them. Uh, the Ravens and Bengals, here's two teams that there are something to talk about. The Ravens look like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, and the Bengals... What what's going on, man? Now people will point back to last year. Oh, they started bad last year, but like this is not a trend you want to follow every year. And right now, it if I remember correctly, maybe I'm misremembering some of the early Bengals games from last year. They look worse right now. They look way worse. The offense kind of looks stuck in the mud. I mean, they put up 24 points in this game, but like that first week was brutal, brutal, brutal. I mean, you can't get the ball to T. Higgins or Jamar Chase. Burrow looks like lost almost out there like he got the bag and just said see ya but god damn why can they not protect that man though yeah that offensive line is, is is just not it it never has been like what the hell is going on that y'all can't protect that man yeah i don't the Bengals. it's weird i don't know like what to say about them because i don't want to be too reactionary because and i know i'm kind of just treading on the words i just said five minutes ago but like we've seen them do this before so maybe they get their shit together which i would assume they do I don't at this point I don't know if I picked them to win that division. The Ravens look good, man. The Ravens look fucking good. That offense looks a little bit rejuvenated. I've got it's, Lamar Jackson Lamar, in my fantasy. Lamar Jackson is is the man. And I've I've been saying for years, up until last year I had a take that Lamar Jackson was better than Burrow and I had to back off of it because I was like, all right, I guess I'm wrong. Maybe now I can look back into that. Now I'm we'll see. But like you finally gave him a legit weapon in Zay Flowers, who was a young talented receiver who looks like obviously he's had uh, Mark Andrews, but I mean at wide receiver. It looks like he's going to have a promising career there. Mark Andrews is great, obviously. It really sucks, man, for J.K. Dobbins that he just can't stay on the field. It it's sucks. A shame. It always it just it happens every year, man, and it really really sucks to see. Luckily for them, they have like some decent backup running backs in uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. So that that's a team to watch, man. That they might be a dark horse to make the AFC Championship. Obviously, uh, picking them to go to the Super Bowl may be a little bit reactionary, but like. They could make a run deep in the playoffs. Like I like this team a lot. If they can stay healthier than they are right now, you know, obviously they lost their starting running back, but if Lamar stays healthy, uh, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews stay healthy. The defense looks good too, for the most part. Like I'm impressed by them so far. They they're one of my most impressed teams. Hey, hey look here, Howie. Um, there was one point in time that Patrick Queen was in trade rumors. Might want to explore that. Yeah, uh, that would be that nice. I would take it for sure. Uh, next up in the AFC, we also had the Chiefs beating the Jaguars. Uh, this one again, fourth mention of fantasy football, really hurt with Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback because he, I was watching this game on Red Zone and there were four passes in the end zone that one foot didn't get down, four touchdown passes that didn't count because these fucking receivers, Zay Jones, couldn't get his goddamn feet down, so that really fired me up. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have yet to look impressive. I mean, they didn't look that great against the Lions, and in this, they won this game, but not impressively. This game was terrible. I thought they would have picked it up with Travis Kelsey yeah. being back, and like you said, they just look, eh. they look meh. And I'm like, okay, you still have Patrick Mahomes back there. Like, yeah, are, is the fact that he doesn't have a reliable Dude, receiver really that bad? The receivers are just, I mean, Sky Moore is their best receiver, or, or Rashad, Rashid Rice. And, like, he's a rookie, and Sky Moore is kind of, like, just a boomer bus guy. Uh, Kadarius Tony is terrible. So other than that, it's, re- like, even their running backs. Uh, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, like, inconsistent, can't really get anything going. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has become a nothing. He's just irrelevant in that backfield. So, like, that offense is just weird. The defense has been looking pretty good. Obviously, they get Chris Jones back. But like offensively, they have not. And that makes you wonder. Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy is two and zero over in Washington. It's a possibility. But I will say this real quick. Um, Kadarius Tony, shut the fuck up. 
Like, really? You're going to talk trash. You dropped three balls. Oh, him having the audacity to go on Instagram and make fun of the Giants for getting smoked 40 nothing because I guess Giants fans are, like, being mean to him because, like, saying he sucks, which he does. Dude, if how do you have the lack of self-awareness to do that? Like, you're, buddy, you should be focusing on keeping your job, not what the fucking Giants are doing. Listen, you do, you participate with the fans, you about to become one. Get your shit together. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Chiefs, we'll see. I'm sure they'll pick it up. They just haven't looked good so far. Trevor Lawrence, if you're listening, pick it the fuck up. My fantasy team needs you, bud. Or else you might lose your starting spot to Jordan Love. Who's oh, been, oh goddamn. He's, he's QB2 right now, but that's another topic. Uh, next to the Chargers and the Titans... Uh, Brandon Staley will be fired, but in, before like week six, he he's just not it. This this is a team. When you look at their roster on paper, it's like this team should be good as fuck, and they're losing to the Titans, the yeah. Titans who everyone thought would come in this season and stink. Who really they should stink. I don't know how the fucking Chargers lost this game. Oh, you don't. All right, now you fucking up my fantasy. I got Keenan Allen at my one of my right receiver positions. Now get get it the yeah, fuck together. Exactly. I have uh, Quentin Johnson, the rookie from TCU. He's got nothing. He hasn't even seen the field barely. Uh, the Chargers, man, they're just one of those teams where you, every year you're like, hey, this might be the Chargers year. They're really good, right? They have beautiful powder blue jerseys, right? They're a se- sexy uniform. Like, let's get behind them. And then every year it's like they just do something terrible, like lose to the Titans week two or, you know, last year. The fucking fact that they lost th- that game last year to the Jaguars. I mean, they got some stinks to on them from that, but... They need to get it together. I mean, I don't see Brandon Staley surviving. Like, on no. in a serious note, he's just not a good coach. No, too many, too relying too heavily on analytics, and I hate when coaches do that. Like sometimes coaching is more about common sense than it is about looking at analytics. Yeah. Analytics is nice, absolutely, and it serves its purpose. But to rely completely on analytics is a mistake. I mean, we learned that from Chip Kelly. We learned that from dealing with Gabe Kapler. Yeah, that the over reliance on analytics can be a team's downfall, and it seems like that's going to be the downfall of Brandon Staley as a coach because the the expectations on the Chargers are too high to be performing like this, to be losing to the Titans. It, it, it doesn't matter that it's week two; it's not an overreaction. You should not be losing that game. No, the expectations are too high. There, team is too good. You have a great quarterback. You have a great running back. You have a very good wide receiver core. All thing, all things accounted for. And the defense is pretty solid. There's just no reason the team should be performing like this. I, he he need a miracle to turn it around and keep his job at this point. Uh, next up, NFC matchup. The Packers lose to the Falcons, twenty five to twenty four. My first take is the Falcons' offense. Man, if they had a if they had a Desmond Ritter, I'll pay my respects to him. Somehow, I was shocked when I heard the sentence, and that's Desmond Ritter's first interception of his career. I was like, as a starter, and I was like, huh? How is that true? But nevertheless it was true uh, he had a very nice throw late in the game i forget i think maybe drake london it was with yeah. someone dude that offense man with a real quarterback would be something serious oh yeah i mean algeria i don't know how the fuck do i say his last name algeria whatever algier running back about, yeah. uh, you got you all know who i'm talking about him and Bijan robinson amazing running back tandem at receiver you got drake london and at tight end which it, it fucking amazes me how this guy how this team is so incompetent that they can't get anything out of Kyle Pitts, who should be like the best tight end in the NFL. It, it's really, it's astounding. And Coaching malpractice. Oh my God, yeah, it, it has to be. You don't draft a tight end, what, fifth overall in Kyle Pitts and not utilize him more. Like he should not be utilize him up, at all. Like you should be putting up right receiver numbers. Uh, absolutely. He basically is a receiver, just like his... His his tape at Florida is some of the craziest college tape you'll ever watch. And the it just blows my fucking mind they haven't figured out how to involve him or how to get him going. And then it just I know this is a quote from last year, but it just pisses me off, Arthur Smith. Oh, we're not playing fantasy football out here. We're trying to win games. That's not working, man. You're not winning games. Like, yeah, you won this game, but like in the grand scheme of things, get the fucking talented player involved. Common sense, they so common. Dude, they if I'm the Falcons, man, and I know they won't do this, they just but like or maybe they will, just not on purpose. Imagine Caleb Williams Jeez. with that offense, man. Caleb Williams throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, uh, Drake London, and having Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algerier behind him. That would be something serious. Now, 
who knows what it'll, the Falcons are 2-0 and when I'm talking about them getting the first overall pick here. So we'll have to see how the rest of their season plays out. Maybe they're winning too many games too early to, to end up with that pick. But like that would be awesome to see him in that spot. And then as far as the Packers go, um, they're they're just like another like irrelevant mid team. Jordan Love looks good though. He looks fine. He looks better than maybe better than I expected. Like I said, he's my backup in fantasy, so that's nice. But like the team as a whole is just like, what is there even to talk about? I mean, they're just they just exist, right? Yeah, now. pretty much. Um, it's going to be a while for them to get back to the status that they were under Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, I mean, if Jordan Love ends up being the guy, like you start to build up around him. But we're we're a year we're at least a year or two away from like them competing for anything serious. Yeah. So. Uh, next up, Seahawks Lions. This was a they, every time these teams play banger. They always put on bangers. Uh, Geno Smith looking fine, looking okay. Jared Goff, same deal. Two two quarterbacks that kind of came out of nowhere last year and had good seasons. Uh, not really much to say about this game either. I mean, it was just fireworks back and forth. Uh, DK Metcalf is nasty. Uh, I would like to see Jackson Smith and Jigba get a little more involved as he's also on my fantasy bench. See, I, I'm tying it into every single thing I can. Uh, all in all, fine game. Not much to say about that one. Uh, overtime game. First overtime game of the year, I believe. Uh, next up, Colts over the Texans, 31-20. Anthony Richardson, if he can stay healthy, should be the offensive rookie of the year. He looks better than uh, the other two rookies, I believe. C.J. Stroud had a nice week, though. I will give him that. Bryce Young struggled a little bit so far, but I still have faith that all three of them can be pretty good, but I said it a couple weeks ago. I think Anthony Richardson had the best chance to be good quick because he has the running ability, which has shown off, and he hasn't looked bad passing the ball either. Uh, I just think he would look better if Jonathan Taylor was there. Was there. Yeah. Uh, Shane Steichen. definitely take some pressure off of him. It's making the Eagles look like Shane Steichen was a big piece of the pie because he's working well with Richardson despite you know he's been he's been injured twice in two weeks so hopefully that doesn't keep up but like Steichen Steichen's looking good with this young quarterback so far uh we already talked Bears and Bucks next up Giants Cardinals which was just the funniest game of the week because the Cardinals go up big and you're like holy fuck the Giants have been outscored 60 nothing to start the season and then the Giants come all the way back to win the game and Jonathan Gannon just looks like a fool but he, I think he might be a one and done coach. I think we finally know the reason why we don't have two Super Bowls. Exactly. I, I think he might. I think he's going to be a one and done coach, man. I don't. I don't know. I, I just don't know what he can do to get himself guaranteed another well, year. He just he stinks. Like he's he, not a good coach. He's not. He's not. A, he's not an inspirational guy. He's not a guy he's that a thinks weirdo. on his feet. Like he just. <sighs> he's a weirdo and not in the same weirdo ness as Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni's weirdo ness, like endears him to the players like he does shit like you know like pulling up pictures of them as kids like remember who you're playing football for this guy like this kid Jonathan Gannon just like they say he would just walk around the the facility and just be like let's fucking go to people walking by it's like they just think you're a weirdo man Happy like Monday that's just weird but uh, let me ask you a question real quick I want to get through the rest of this slate if you're the Cardinals are you and let's say you end up with the number one pick what are you doing are you I don't. It kind of depends on what Kyler Murray looks like this season. You gotta catch your ties. But at this, I was gonna say, man, I can't talk. I don't know if I could talk myself into Kyler Murray over Caleb you, Williams. You've got to cut your ties with Kyler Murray because he's had way far too long to prove himself as be the guy. Injuries too, man. Not just injuries, but like your commitment to the game outside of the facility. Call of Duty guy. <laughs> Call of Duty. You're playing video games. You're not picking up the playbook. You're not looking at yeah fucking plays. Like that fucking film, that's a problem for and, me. And Caleb and, Williams just looks so much more talented. And not only that, but dude, like you're the quarterback. Like you are the guy. You are him. You can you set the precedent for the entire yeah. team, and it doesn't look good he doesn't when your quarterback like he has any leadership quality. No, and I don't want to speak too strongly on that because I'm not sure, but it just it seems that way. It just doesn't look good when your quarterback slacks off like that. So I think me and you are on the same page. You got to go, Caleb Williams. You got to go, Caleb Williams. And funny enough, they look like they might end up with number one and two. It's possible. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, gr- fucking grab Caleb Williams and grab Marvin Harrison Jr. And you got your new wide receiver quarterback duo for the next decade. If that'd, you're be lucky. A hell, that'd be a hell of a pickup. Yeah. Uh, so the Cardinals, just bad. The Giants are bad, too. This was just a funny game. Two bad teams. Like, yeah, I was about to say, this tells me more about the Cardinals than it does about the Giants. We already know yeah. the Giants stink. Exactly. They're both bad teams. Next up was a team with a letdown a little bit. The 49ers over the Rams, 30-23. to I guess this is a little bit of the Rams just looking better than anyone expected, but like 
I thought the Niners were a lock to win this game by like 20. The Rams, their roster is putrid. It's the putrid. It's not the same as it was in the years past. No. Stafford, you know, he's good, but he struggles to stay healthy. You know, at wide receiver, you got that Puku Nakua guy now who looks good, but like Cooper Cup's been out with injury. They have no running back because Cam Akers is that guy that people will finally, hopefully, stop talking themselves into in like fantasy and just in general. Uh, And their, their, their defense is trash. Hey, Coop, I'm going to need you to get your shit together, get your body together, because I got you on fantasy, and yeah. like, I can easily go to the championship. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to need you to heal up. As far as the Niners go, I will say Brock Purdy has maybe looked better this season than he did last year. Yeah. He, he looked like he's been pretty good. I don't know what it is about Brock Purdy. I just that don't, man, don't believe. That man just don't. I don't. I, don't I, I'm, not, I'm not scared of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm not either. We'll see. I, that's a game that I can't fucking wait to watch us play. I, I've got I got that game circled. Absolutely. You would imagine all the players do, too. Oh, yes. But this Rams game, nothing really to say. Weird. The Niners, there's no reason they shouldn't have won by a lot more than they did. Uh, Jets-Cowboys, we talked about. Commanders-Broncos. Kind of an electric game. Uh, Russell Wilson looks, looks good, man. He looks back. I, I kind of talked myself into the last year being a fluke because there was no way he was falling off that hard. And let me say this, Russell Wilson is maybe the most hated athlete that deserves it the least. He seems like a good guy. He's a little weird, don't get me wrong, you know, Mr. Unlimited. In Broncos country? That's right. That's right. He's a weirdo, but like he's a genuinely like good dude. And I feel like he's so hated for no reason really. Cuz we know that's not him. Like we'll we'll like you if it's you. Like the reason why we like Nick Sirianni is because that's who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Hurts isn't out here trying to be the rah-rah guy. He's laid back and cool. That's his personality, and we accept him for it. Like you can't go out and be something that you're not, and that's what Russell Wilson's fair doing. That, 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 that's fair. He comes off as very cringy. Uh, but he looks better this year, which, you know, the Broncos fans, I'm sure, rejoicing. They're 0-2, but, like, they haven't looked bad this season. I mean, they they lost the first game by one point to the Raiders, and then they lose this game by two points to the Commanders. Uh, the Commanders, I, I said a couple weeks ago when we came before the season started that I thought they would look, uh, look better than people expected, maybe. I don't want to say I'm right yet, but, like, I mean, Sam Howell still doesn't look that great, but, like... They don't look terrible. They're going to scare a couple of teams, but like they're yeah. right now they're mid-tier. Yeah. I expect them to be a big-time playing spoiler team because they're going to come in like third in our division, so they might not make the playoffs. But like I could see them being a loss on someone's record that prevents them from making the playoffs or something like that. Like They're going to be a spoiler team because they're, they're, they're good. They're just not – you know, I don't know if I'm ready to say they're good. They're they're decent. Yeah, they look good. yeah, that's a good word. Decent. They're, they're decent. We'll we'll see as the time goes on. Maybe they'll get exposed a little bit more. But that was a kind of a fun game. Uh, next up, Dolphins Patriots. Not much to say. Patriots, meh. Dolphins look pretty good. Two attack. Tongue of Valoa looks very good. I I'm happy to see him performing well. I think me and you would look good if we had Tyree Kill, yeah. Jalen Waddle at right receiver. Tyree Kill is just on. He's unreal, man. Every single time I watch him, he's he's got to be the most exciting non-quarterback to watch in the NFL. Easily. I'll never forget the game, the AFC Championship, Bills Chiefs. Watching him in that game was unlike anything I've ever seen. So I don't want to spend too much time on this game. That's all I really got to say. Dolphins are going to be a problem. They will 100% be competing for the AFC in general. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they won the AFC. We'll see. I think they're a lock. I had had a bet with the Jets winning the AFC East. I think it's not even... Oh, I guess the fuck. I keep forgetting about the Bills. Yeah. I think I'm ready to say that I think the Dolphins win that division, though. I think I'm saying it. That's not a far-fetched thing to say. I think the Dolphins are good, and I think that Joe, uh, Josh Allen will choke in big moments. Unfortunately. We'll see. Uh, then we have the two Monday Night Football games. Uh, Saints-Panthers, boring game. Uh, Bryce Young doesn't look like anything yet. We'll see what happens. And then the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, all I have to take away from this game is Nick Chubb. I am... Uh, that was terrible, and I feel horrible for him. And I feel horrible for Cleveland. They don't deserve that. But I will, on the other side of the, the, the Cleveland Browns, I will take all the pride in the world to dance all over the grave with Deshaun Watson. You fucking creep. You predator. You suck, and I love watching you suck. Now, Nick Chubb, though, really hate to see that happen to him. He's, he, he's an unreal player, one of the best running backs in football, a true workhorse. And 
I don't want to put this out into the universe, but that that looks worse than just a season-ending injury, man. Yeah, I think it's honestly, and it's not his first like leg no, injury. He's either. tore in that same leg. He's tore his ACL and his MCL. Like I think he's he's done. He might be done. Unfortunately, like, the way running backs agent, it's it's such a like it sucks so bad because he was one of the leading guys on the whole like running backs like fighting for more money and shit like for this to happen to him that really sucks. They didn't. I mean, obviously, we, we all have Twitter. We probably all saw the video on Twitter, but they didn't show it in the stadium. And I remember watching the game when they said they weren't going to show it on the broadcast. You heard the fucking gr- the the gasp of the Pittsburgh crowd, and it yeah, that was warranted because when I saw the videos like of other angles, it made me queasy. So Nick Chubb, get better soon, man. It, it really sucks to see a great player go out that way. Um, the actual game itself, nothing really to say. I mean, Kenny Pickett. He stinks, Blah, right? Like he's not. I mean, I, I I said don't write him off before the season started. Uh, two weeks in, yeah, I'm ready to write him off. They may have to start looking for another quarterback. But anyway, that's the NFL slate, and I we're running out of time here. The last thing I want to touch on is just like since Pat and Sheamus aren't here, and they don't give a fuck college football. Real quick, D- if you're not on the Dion Colorado bandwagon, man, you're missing out because it's fun. Keep my coach's name out your fucking mouth. It it's I'm. I, like I said earlier in this podcast, I love college football because I don't have a favorite team and I just get to vibe with exactly. whoever. And like right now, I'm fully fucking on the Colorado wagon, man. They're electric. How do you not? How I can, mean, yeah, losers. If you don't like, if you root against them, you are a fucking loser. Now, with that said, like I might think they're gonna like maybe that I could see them beating Oregon. Crazy enough, just gonna put that out there. Bo Nix, I've seen him be shitty. Plenty of times. He's looked good since he's left Auburn, but wouldn't be surprised if Colorado put off that upset. I don't trust like, Oregon's defense. If you're one of those people that's like, oh, Coach Prime is annoying. Like, Coach Prime is annoying. They're overrated. Have fun. For once in your fucking miserable life, have fun, man. Like, they're an electric team. Shador Sanders is, is a Heisman candidate right now. He's a looking electric. You could say, oh, well, they almost lost to CSU. It's a rivalry game, man. And college football, shit like that happens. They still won the game. And... You know, tempers were kind of flaring in that game. You know, going into it, that other coach, which, what a loser to say. You know, comment about how Dion was raised. I was he, raised right. Oh, shut. Come on, dude. Fucking holy. We're playing holier than thou here. Like, it just makes it. And this is not the first coach or, like, team that's, like, said shit about Dion, like, you know, Nebraska did. Matt Rule. It just makes it seem like they're all so mad that he did what he did and it's working. Because it is. It's wor- so far, it's working. And they. Do- I think that other teams and coaches hate it. It's funny because I, I kind of got into it with my wife a little bit because she was like, well, he sh- really shouldn't be going up to his press conference with his glasses on. I'm like, he's fucking earned it. Yeah, who cares? Like, And, and, and who cares? Because right. why? Because some other people have been doing it one way. Somebody can't come up exactly. and do it uh, their way. I just think that like tropes like that that are still looked at as disrespectful are so like old school mindset. Like who gives a fuck, man? Who get uh, like shit like you know? Oh no, had the dinner table. It's like why? Who fucking cares? Oh well, cause that's how I was. It's like yeah, I don't give a fuck, man. It's stupid. Who cares? Dion is Dion, and he is great for the sport, man. He is eyes are on the sport. You saw the fucking amount of celebrities at a Colorado Colorado State game. There were so many celebrities there, and you have you know we're watching before that game comes on Florida versus Tennessee. The fact that. Me included, but the fact that us as a whole, we're all like, man, turn this Florida-Tennessee game off so we can watch Colorado-Colorado State shows what Dion means to the sport right now. And just, if you're not on the bandwagon, man, hop on. I mean, look it's at fun. Just look at what he's done to the team overall. I think cheap seats for Colorado games are $300. Yeah, exactly. And it was so awesome to see his other son, Shiloh, have a great game, too. Um, sucked to see Travis Hunter go out. and He went to the hospital. That but was a cheap They shot. said he's most likely fine. Yeah, it, 100%. I don't understand how he didn't get kicked out of that game. That's bullshit. But I agree with Dion in the sense that he doesn't deserve like death threats. Like People go too far. No, no. Nobody deserves death threats. It's a threats. game. And yes, yeah. it, was a, it was definitely a dirty hit, and you could tell the way he stood over him. And he should have been ejected from that game, but like he doesn't need death threats. People no. Like, Come on, grow the fuck up. But Colorado, electric. The only other uh, uh, college football shit I have is Bama looks like frauds. Their quarterback, they got a quarterback problem right now. Jaden Milrow does not look like the guy, but they gave the other guys a chance, and they looked even worse. Could this be the start of the fall of Alabama? We'll see, man, because clearly they don't have the talent this year. They just don't. They, I mean, losing to Texas is no like, it's not bad. But no. like Texas is good as fuck, but like they just, I mean, they're barely beating. I forget exactly the team they played last week, but like they, they should be beating up on these teams way worse. And then my last college football point is that. My take is that I think Penn State wins the Big Ten. Ooh. I think 
J.J. McCarthy threw full, he threw a couple interceptions against uh, Bowling Green. Did not look great. And Ohio State, I don't love McCord at quarterback either. I think that Drew Aller is by far the best quarterback in that division. And I think maybe Ohio State and Michigan cannibalize each other a little bit and Penn State sneaks and wins that Big Ten. Right now, my playoff prediction would probably be something like Georgia, uh, Penn State, Texas, and like USC. USC's defense is shit, but that offense looks good. And it's so funny that the Pac-12 looks this good in their last year. Like, where was this two years ago? Maybe you guys would still be a conference. Honestly, I would probably sneak in Colorado at the rate that they're hey, going. Co- listen, I would love to see Colorado make it, but I, I still need to see. I need to, they got a tough schedule coming up. They do. I need to see them. If they pull off an upset against Oregon, oh, I'm bought in on them being top five. I mean, Florida State also looks good. I for, Also, I love to see the downfall of Clemson. Love to see that. I fucking hate Dabo Sweeney. He, he's the worst. That holier-than-thou attitude. And if players ever get paid, that'll be the last day I coach in the NCAA. Well, then quit. You well, fucking I said, they're already getting yeah. paid he, now. He's a piece of shit, man. I, I can't stand it. Uh, that's all I got. Hey, the Sixers signed Kelly Oubre, too. What do you fucking do? If anyone gives a single fuck. Uh, Kelly Oubre, also keep in mind, for many people that don't know, him and James Harden hate each other. If they had a beef over like a girl, in some just look that up and you'll be able to find it. So, Daryl Morey just uh, throwing salt in the wound, which is kind of funny. But I guess a wing that isn't afraid to shoot and he's athletic, I guess I'll take it. But do I think he's a difference maker? No. So is the James Harden trade incoming? Uh, dude, I'm on my knees praying every fucking night that he just gets traded. I can't. Real quick, this is the la- my absolute last point. I can't believe that we're still at a point where people are talking themselves into James Harden, like. Oh well, he knows that this is like he needs to earn a contract. He knows that he's not going to fuck around. He knows that he needs. To- James Harden doesn't know anything but the fact that he was once a great player and he thinks that he could still ride that to a contract because he deserves it. Why am I supposed to believe that 34, 35-year-old James Harden is suddenly going to change his ways? What I do know about James Harden is that he has forced his way out of two franchises by being a major distraction. I have no reason to think that he won't do it again. And honestly, if I'm being honest. I think this time has the potential to be even worse than the last times because of the personal element between him and Daryl Mari. So if you're still out there listening to this right now, thank you for listening to the end. But also, stop trying to talk yourself and others into James Harden, like suddenly changing his ways. Like, it's just not, I don't see it happening. But hopefully I'm fucking wrong. He ain't going to have a come to Jesus moment, people. Let him go. Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope I did a good job of carrying you guys on a journey through the the NFL and all that kind of stuff this week without my co-host. Hopefully, we will all be back together next week. And uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys listening. So uh, go Birds, go Sixers, go Phils. Uh, Yeah, talk to you guys next week.